Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? The boss speaks again. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Okay, it is. It is. I wanted to say BS. Show. That's wrong. It is, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, are you know go again? You know how you know how there's people have uh, cuss jars, Brad. Maybe here's what we do. <laughs> we do we do a BS jar, yeah. and then for every everything we raise, you have to give let's say twenty bucks. You say it, and it has to go right to Shelly Bar. Don't you think that's fair? Right. The the Shelly Bar jar, right? That's the Shelly. There we go. <laughs> okay. we, ju- we just came up with a new one. Okay, I have some I have some notes I've taken here. Now I just want to run through a couple things, uh, and and I want to try to pick up these as the rest of the show. First off, I'll call it the Francis Howe welcome back email, which you sent me the other night. Yes. Then an interesting story about the lady who cleans the bathrooms at Walmart, but she doesn't work at Walmart, which is sort of interesting. The Wienermobile. Do you know the story about the Wienermobile, which happened last year? Uh, I just, you know, Brad, you shouldn't ask me an open-ended question like Okay, that. We'll, we'll talk about that. I might rename... A- well, never mind. Go ahead. We'll talk about that and also the metro buses, okay, which is another sure. interesting story. Okay. Eagle Pass, Texas. Now, you That's t- where Mark Alford was. Sorry that's, to interrupt, but that's where Mark Alford was on his – Congressman Mark Alford was on his trip to the border. That's why I tried to pick that up because okay, of good. the fact that the Republicans are now crying foul because they all went down – how many of them? 60 of them? 60? 60, yep. Okay. And supposedly – when they were there, was that yesterday? Was that yesterday or the day before? Uh, I think, I think, uh, no, he was there yesterday. Yeah, Wednesday. Okay. They're crying foul because they claim that the, the federal government, our federal government, not the Mexican federal government, redirected all the, the immigrants, the illegal immigrants trying to cross the United States away from Eagle Pass. So when the Republicans go down there to show all these gazillion immigrants streaming across the border, there weren't very many. Now, well, that's what I would do too if I was a Democrat <laughs> or a bureaucrat. That's that's what you'd do, right? You'd say you'd say you'd get the uh, the the the, uh, the the border patrol guys going like telling them like, okay, now hey, no, oh, no, don't go that way. Go yeah, this go that way. way. Look, there's nobody right. over there. Right, right. Go over here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's what I guess this is. You know, there are some things you can talk about all day long, and this. This guy, this Mariorcas guy, what's his real name? Alejandro. Is that what? Yeah, Mayorcas. Is, is it Alejandro? Is, isn't that what it is? Alejandro? Which is. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how you pronounce it. Well, well it's the, it's the, it's the, the Latin version or the Spanish version of yeah, Albert. It, it'd just be Alejandro, right? Yeah, Alejandro, whatever. Okay. Every time they have him and they. His guy, this guy, if you ask him, hey, if you cut yourself. What color is the liquid that comes out of your body? And mm-hmm. he would give you some explanation about, well, when you go to the Louvre in Paris, you see very, very, very pretty, <laughs> you know what I mean, very pretty pictures there. And there's all sorts of different colors of the pictures. You know, can't get a straight answer out of this guy. Okay, what's interesting about this is the Democrats are now throwing it back to the Republicans. Well, the problem with the border is we're trying to change the laws and you won't let us. 
all they have to do is just go back to the Donald Trump thing where the remain in Mexico thing. You know what I mean? Just yeah. essentially say, yeah. show up at the border. We'll get your name, your contact information. And guess what? When it's your turn, we'll call you. And But don't come in the United States. Still be, stay back there in Mexico. And that's what, for, for the record, that's what guys like Eric Schmidt have been saying from day one. That right. that policy was effective and we should go back to that. Right. And the crazy part of this is that it's like wink, wink, nod, nod. Remember when when the uh, Biden administration first went into into, uh, uh, you know, when it came in after Trump, the one of the very first things that that uh, Biden did was he put uh, 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 Kamala as the the border czar. And and what was it? Two years, she never went, and it finally. Yeah, so so she, but you know what? She can monitor it from far away, Brad. You, know, you don't want to be around people that might have COVID. See, this is what's frustrating to me. Okay, in the business world, if you're running a company, and you say to somebody, let's say you're in the, you know, let's say you own McDonald's restaurants, and for some reason, and you're McDonald's corporate, and for some reason. All the McDonald's restaurants in Franklin County are extremely profitable, but the restaurants in Jefferson County, uh, not so profitable. Okay, mm -hmm. so you go like, now hold on a minute now. These are both counties that are in the St. Louis area, and these are two counties that touch each other. You know, Franklin is to the southwest, and Jefferson's to the south, and you know, Jefferson has a couple hundred thousand people, and Franklin County has you know a hundred and a half thousand people. What's the deal? Okay, so if you're the CEO and you talk to the regional manager who covers Missouri and you say, hey, find out what's going on between the differences between the Jefferson County McDonald's and the Franklin County McDonald's, don't you think that the next thing you would be in your car or on a plane traveling to St. Louis to, to walk into the restaurants yes. and talk to the managers and talk to the franchisees and say, okay, uh, you Franklin County guys, you're doing great. What are you doing that makes you be the the poster child for the successful McDonald's? And we're not saying, and then go to the Jefferson County McDonald's and say, hey, we're not saying you guys aren't doing okay, but look right across the border. The Franklin County McDonald's are doing, their profit ratio is 42% higher than yours. Explain what's going on here. You know, and what are the and then you would explore the best practices. Now, right. Brad, a fatal flaw that you continue to make is because of your life as an entrepreneur, you attempt to apply private sector ideas I to guess. public sector jobs. I mean, you, which is absolutely if ridiculous. you put somebody. In and as I would like to point out, I had a long and undistinguished career <laughs> as a pointy-headed bureaucrat on a federal county and state level and the idea that you would want to apply best practices to a government job and jokes aside if in, in your example if you and i were working for mcdonald's and we were put on that task and we said to our boss eh, i don't know we might be out of a job or, or if you just Good said luck firing a federal employee or Brad. if you just said ah i can just look at everything on the internet i don't need to go there right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, but i mean realistically the idea that you would take someone in government and say okay what are the best practices where we can make this stuff work efficiently and you know what because you know what you might find out brad in government you might eliminate some redundancies. And oh what does that Oh my God, mean? we can't have that. You cannot have that, Brad. <laughs> but, but all jokes aside, when you have 
when you have a federal uh, employment base, do you think any regional director in the government is going to support a thing that could lead to the elimination of jobs? Well, of course not. I mean, what, what's, what's what's and you know that the, the funny thing was who was the re- you know you're you're into this kind of stuff. Who was the recent U.S. government official who paraphrased? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan made a favorite quote. He said, "The worst thing you want to hear is we're here from the government. We're here to help." Yeah. And, oh, and there's no such. There's nothing as permanent as a temporary government program. Well, but there was there was a recent government official who said that and didn't realize he pulled it out of context. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it was actually a. Uh, it, yeah, that it was actually a Reagan quote. I didn't. I remember not clicking on the headline. Right, I remember skimming right. over it, but I I do remember seeing yeah, it on Twitter. It was he he pulled the Ronald Reagan quote. But what he didn't realize was that it was Ronald, from Ronald Reagan. Yeah, but no, but Ronald Reagan said the worst thing that out of that you can hear are the I can't remember the exact quote. In other words, he I'm was saying the government and I'm here to help. Right. Yeah, the most scariest words. Right. Yeah. He was saying that was terrible. And this guy pulled the Ronald Reagan quote out of context, not realizing that he was quoting Ronald Reagan. It was Sorry to interrupt, Brad. It was Education Secretary Miguel Cardona. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You are good it's at that this. It's that his unintentional slip while <laughs> yes. I'm using is, is eye-opening. <laughs> okay. Um, the Francis, Francis Howe welcome back email. You sent me that the other day. Okay. Explain that. That went out yeah, to sure. parents and, and, and students. And folks can go to johncomas.com today. There's breaking news on this, Brad. Oh, there, it was on the Post-Dispatch last night. What's the breaking news now? The breaking news is that one of the progressive members of the school board has found a way, found a way yesterday to teach those dastardly conservatives a lesson. Yesterday, where he works, I don't, it didn't say where he works, but he wore black. And he wore black yesterday to send a message. I guess conservatives on the school board are supposed to know where he works and, and, and what his fashion choices are. But guess what? He wore black. And you know what? Some students in the Francis House School District wore black too. So they're going to put those conservatives in their place and they're going to stand up for social justice values by wearing black. You know what the, the note that you're referring to, Brad, from the superintendent – went out on the eve of kids coming back to the Francis Howe District. So it went out on the night of Tuesday the 2nd. And it essentially said nothing. And it said, if you are – and I don't have it in front of me. I can pull it up though. Um, it said, as you've noticed from headlines, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the news. Here's what didn't happen. And the superintendent says, look, there wasn't a special meeting to talk about to talk about, you know, black curriculum. There was just part of a regular meeting. And he also said that there would be community conversations. So there would be round tables where folks can come in. In a situation like this, and I've never worked for a school board before, but I've worked with folks who came to the corporate world from school boards. The most important thing you can do is set up a series of meetings where you give public input And you give people an opportunity to channel all this energy to sit down at a table. So the superintendent of Francis Howell is calling these citizens roundtable events. And folks can come in and they can kvetch. And he he makes it clear that folks can come in and and have civilized discussions. And here's his line. Uh, The key quote from this is, as someone who has responsibility for leading this district, it pains me that anyone in our community may not feel valued or welcomed because of your race, religion, language you speak, or values you hold. 
So anyway, he's like, look, keep an eye out. We're going to have some community roundtables. Everybody can come here and and uh, air their grievances. Now, here's here's where the Republicans are screwing up, okay? Or here's where the, the, the conservative members in the school board, you say that one of the, the progressive school board member wore black and a bl- bunch of the students wore black. <laughs> yeah. What the, the conservative members should come out and just say, hey, guess what? Today, it's John Wick Day. Do you, have you ever watched any of the John Wick? I haven't. Uh, I, I don't remember John Wick. John, you don't... You don't I never watched the movies. They're, it's a series of movies, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very, very, very violent, but it's 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 like... It's, is he a goth guy? The story behind John Wick is he's a professional... This is... Act, the, the first... You'd have to watch the first one to have anything make sense, but he's a professional assassin who's retired, and he's not doing the assassination stuff anymore. And he gets married, and his wife gets him a dog, and he loves this little dog, and then his wife dies of cancer or something like that. So one day, by sheer coincidence, he's at a gas station, and he's pumping gas, and a guy comes up to him and wants to buy his car. And John Wick says it's not for sale. And they have a little tay-to-tay back and forth the whole bit. So this guy gets ticked off, and he goes, well, I can't believe that guy will let me buy his car. So they find out where he lives, and they go to his house, you know, him and what, 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 and this, this is like a very convoluted, you know, storyline. It turns out that the guy who wants to buy his car is the son of a Russian mobster. Uh oh. So he goes to John Wick's, he brings a bunch of his, you know, gangster buddies. He goes to John Wick's house. They, 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 you know, try to kill John Wick, rough him up. They steal one of his cars and they kill his dog. Okay, Ooh, this is the most unforgivable. This is the most important thing of the thing. So John Wick comes out of retirement and becomes a professional assassin and vows to kill every one of these Rush, Russian mobsters because the mobsters had killed his dog. So it seems pretty sensible to me. Yeah, that's the storyline. Okay. So John Wick wears black. Matter of fact, ah, if, if you've ever okay. seen the movie, one of my all-time favorite movies, Gross Point Blank. Have you ever seen this movie? I haven't. Oh my God, what a good movie it is. Uh, it's it's uh, a Dan Aykroyd and uh, what's his name? John, the guy who I uh, used to like until I found out he was a wig, a wacko, uh, just a bizarre wacko personal guy, you know, in personal John life. Tesh. No, John, it's John something or other. John Tesh is a pretty nice guy. Uh, John Tesh is still in the radio business, and I appreciate John. And John Tesh is an incredibly talented guy. If you know the backstory of John Tesh. And see, the thing that bothers me about Don, John Tesh, he's married to my all-time favorite woman. Who's that? Connie Selica. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Okay. Okay. So, so John Wick, when I said the, the Republicans should, hey. John Cusack. Are you thinking of John, John Cusack? John Cusack, yes. It's, I just Googled it. Yeah. It's John Wick Day at, at Francis Allen School. Francis Allen. Wear black. <laughs> it, it, but what, what's, what I love about this is, and the Post-Dispatch story says that the beauty of online petitions are you can put an online petition on, you know, change.org or something, and you can have some fruitcake from Seattle sign it and then it counts as a signature that I have no idea like what they're signing. Right, right. But right. the post dispatch reporter says thirty five hundred people have signed the petition to show their anger. But and it's like now here's a follow up question to a reporter and here's something that Camille Winter would ask this reporter. Oh how many of those people are from Missouri, and how many people are from the Francis Howe School District? Well, I don't know. That requires effort. 
Well, so we'll he, never know. Here's the other crazy thing, okay? And I'm not trying to, to I, you know, it's interesting. I talked to someone from out of town yesterday, you know, because in the course of my business day, I deal with people all over the country. Yeah. And they made the comment to me, oh, you, are you German? And I said, yes, I am. Well, isn't everybody from your area? Well, there are a lot of German people here, right? Okay, so how come we don't have German history in the in the Francis L. School District? How many North County people who are German, you know, mm-hmm. left North County and went to to the Francis L. District? And like, for example, in South City, the 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 the, the public schools that you know the, the grade schools and the middle schools and the senior highs uh, that have the hill as part of their territory. How why don't they teach Italian history? You know what I'll I mean? I'll tell you why. Brad, I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Because, so for example, I'm Scotch-Irish. Okay. I was not raised to look at the United States and say, do you know that Americans were so mean to the Irish? You are entitled, John. You are entitled to a certain percentage of jobs and money and reparations because people were mean to the Irish. Which they were. That's why we don't have Irish. See, and that's interesting. People don't realize that when the Irish came over here, they were tremendously despised. My sister has a sign up in her house that says Irish need not apply. Well, and matter of fact, the running the running narrative in New York City is all the cops, at least they used to be, were Irish because that was the only jobs they could get. Absolutely. Because, You're exactly right. Because nobody else would hire them because they were Irish. What's that? And firefighters. Right, exactly. And because because no other jobs were open to the Irish. Don't right. get me started on this. Yes. And you know what we didn't have at the elite college preparatory school called Hazelwood East? <laughs> we did not have an Irish history day. We did well, not but, have an Irish victimhood day. Well, but for, for once again, North County, okay, North County, half of North County was German, half of North County was Italian. You know, it's mm-hmm. all the was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right. I'm exaggerating, but you know, I mean you went to you went to Hazelwood. Didn't you go to school with a lot of German and a lot of Italian kids? Yeah, I mean, by but remember, by '96, like you know, Hazelwood East was a, was overwhelmingly majority black. But among the white kids, we had a ton. You're right, we had a ton of Italians, especially. Right, 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 right. So where's the Italian history courses, right? Yeah. Okay, we have to take a break at 7:40.